2: It's interesting. I heard JP talk about this last night on overtime, talking about, and I think Morning Show talked about this as well, the idea of the Jim Schwartz hire, Dustin, changing the way we feel about 2023. I'll be honest, the more I've thought about it, yeah, there is a part of me that is 10% more optimistic because they hired Jim Schwartz, because they hired a guy who I think is a fide defensive coordinator and not necessarily like a situation with uh, Ben McAdoo in Carolina last year, just kind of a guy who's done it and exists and is, isn't very good. I don't feel that way about the Jim Schwartz hire. And that kind of, I don't want to say excited because it's so early, right? but at least made me feel like, okay,
3: they passed I, like the it's first just test. Not, it's not a bad hire. Yeah. Like I, I would say I this. Dare say it, it's a good hire. I don't know that it's a good hire. I just think it's not a bad hire mm-hmm. because there there is very few things that Jim Schwartz could do to be worse than what this defense has been over the last two years.
2: Like the step up, by and, just and maybe by, pre, by by just not being Joe Woods,
3: basically. Okay, yeah, yeah, and maybe that's such a low bar to set, mm-hmm. but that's where I'm setting it. It's interesting
2: we're talking about setting the bar because I think it now that. Now that Jim Schwartz is in place, and we'll see what he does. I'm sure he'll answer questions about the the rest of the defensive staff. Whether he's going to bring anybody in, I know Matt Burke's a guy that's been tied to him, going back to Philadelphia and Detroit. The the current Cardinals defensive line coach. I don't know if that's a name we should watch out for. But like, is we we kind of had that conversation with Jim Schwartz, and what you know, how did this change go from here? I also think it's fair just to kind of have the conversation now that we're two weeks removed from the regular season how we view Kevin Stefanski heading into 2023 because I just hear every time I hear a conversation about Kevin Stefanski and his fate in 2023, it does feel like we're all working on a different idea of, of whether that's the pressure he's under the immediate expectations early in the season. Like it does feel like it doesn't feel like we've all locked into all right. Here's the expectation. Here's what he's got to do. Here's how he makes it through this and, and extends his career here and doesn't just become a lame duck coach. Like, or or whether he's on the hot seat. Like, it doesn't feel like everybody's in total agreement on that.
3: I think that's fair. Uh, I I do think most people believe he's going to be somewhat on the hot seat going into next year. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the question of how long is that leash? Is there is there a leash? Uh, I think it all depends on like how things go. Mm-hmm. You know, I said to you before the show, I really do truly believe that it's it's going to be kind of a game to game deal mm-hmm. next year. You know, when the Browns open the season, we don't know exactly the dates of the games. We know who the opponents are. We don't know exactly when they're playing the games, but um, you know, depending on how the games go, depending on how he performs, depending on how Deshaun Watson plays, the how I mean, all those things I think matter. I mean, the Browns could start the season four and one, and all of a sudden get into October and go zero and four, and then we're like, okay, fire the guy.
2: I think I think it's a great point. It's really tough in January to say what the context is going to be in September, October, and November. What I would say is, you mentioned the game to game thing. It's not that I don't think that's the case. Jimmy's a wild card. And I think that has to, like, every conversation. Honestly, there should just be a promo that plays before every segment. If we're going to talk about the Browns in this segment, please understand everybody on this show knows, acknowledges, and understands that Jimmy Haslam's a wild card. But, like, I don't think Kevin Stefanski week one, I don't think he should start game to game. Now, it can get there really, really quickly. But I feel like if you're if you're Jimmy Haslam and you're like I'm going to need if you don't win week 1 you better win week 2. If you're starting to count though if you're playing the reverse schedule game that quickly mm-hmm. um then you've already made the biggest mistake. You've clearly already fired Kevin Stefanski in your mind.
3: And you can't that
2: just as an organization, good organizations don't think that way.
3: Like here's my my thought on it, Nick. And I'm not a fire guy mid-season unless it's so bad. You've lost the locker room. You've got to do something just to change things up. I think Stefanski gets the entire next season. I really mm-hmm. do. Now, the seat could get warm, but if they don't make the playoffs, he's gone.
2: Yeah, I think that's fair. I, I would Period. be shocked. I would be shocked. Like The context would have to be. I, and I think
3: that's a fair bar to set. I mean, yeah. seven teams make the playoffs. You've got this franchise quarterback, quote unquote, that's making all this money, mm-hmm. and this is now your 4th year, you must make the playoffs.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think the playoff or buzz mandate's fair. Now, are there some things that can that I think might push the Browns off that? Yes. I also think it's more likely that Jimmy Haslam's leaning one direction already with his mind, which is which is the idea of Oh, I don't know about that. Well, no what I mean is like I think Kevin. I think Jimmy not only has a playoff robust mentality. I would imagine that Kevin Stefanski, and because there's the should and there the will be, right? I don't think Kevin Stefanski should be coaching for his job week one. I don't. I just again, I, that's not how Baltimore goes into a season thinking about John Harbaugh. It's not how Pittsburgh goes into a season thinking about Mike Tomlin. They might think uh, we're gonna give him next year and see it out right? Those, those thoughts might happen, mm-hmm. but like thinking going in, if, if they're one in four, five weeks in, I got to fire this guy. That's really only like, look at the owners that kind of do that and perpetuate that. It is guys like Jimmy Haslam. It is guys like Dave Tepper. It is people. Um, I mean, Houston has kind of done that as well. Like, it's not to say that coaches don't deserve to get fired in season. Mm-hmm. It's not. But if you go into an offseason thinking, well, I got that card in my back pocket, if the team is struggling five games into the year, six games into the year, that feels like a loser mentality to me. Fair? I think it's fair. And but but again, that's how I think it should be. The reality is, well, we got to play the disclaimer because Jimmy Haslam's a
3: wild card. Total wild card and can change his mind based off of, you know, week to week, day to day, Mm -hmm. who talks to him last? Like things like that are really concerning.
2: Yeah, and I do because you mentioned the playoff or bus not playoff or bus. You said they gotta make the playoffs. They do. Um, which again is a reasonable thing to say. It how many times does any organization get four years in if you've made the playoffs twenty five percent of the time. How many times you get a fifth year? It's just like Jason Garrett's one of the few anomalies in the last decade who's been able to to have a low playoff percentage and survive five, six, seven, eight, nine years. So I think all of that's fair, but I also think like there is a part of me that like just just talking about it right now, Dusty. Yeah, I really have a problem with even saying like, oh, yep, Stefanski's game to game. Uh, Stefanski should be on the hot seat. Because again, it almost feels like, it almost feels like in in allowing Kevin Stefanski to be the guy that we blame most of all, it almost does feel like a little bit of scapegoating, and th- this organization's done it.
3: But well, like- and and listen, the organization has all also sort of put themselves in this position where Stefanski now is on the hot seat because it was all Joe Woods last year, and we took the blame off of Stefanski, mm-hmm. and now you get rid of Joe Woods, you bring in Jim Schwartz. Well, there's only one person left to blame. Yeah. well, And the person that's not going to get the blame is going to be Deshaun Watson. He's not going to get the blame.
2: Well, I would also say Jimmy Haslam's not going to get the blame. Well, he owns he the team. Be. Well, but I think my... So, it's not that Kevin... Like, you and I have agreed. Our biggest concerns about Kevin, you've got real game management concerns. My real concerns are um, leadership. Like, does he have control of a locker room? And I think both of those are fair concerns to have. None of them... Just in the minds of like rational people, should be fatalistic flaws going to year four, right? Because as we've seen, like John Harbaugh had a bad game; he had a, he had a bad final two minutes against Cincinnati. Yeah. Um. Brandon Staley, I don't know if that was Brandon Staley had a bad game or the, the, the Chargers just crapped the bed. But like, it's easy to look at things and say, well, that might not be your strong point. It also doesn't have to be your fatal flaw. But I look at Jimmy and I think, man, if I say Kevin's on the hot seat, if I if I say, if I agree with the idea that Kevin Stefanski is coaching game to game starting out this season, doesn't it kind of enable Jimmy Haslam to go with the the fire Stefanski crowd? Doesn't it kind of enable a guy who in terms of his his organization, his leadership has failed time and time again? And that's that's really what stops me. It's not the should or it's not the will be. The will be as Jimmy Haslam is is a problem, but the should I keep coming back to like trying to push the should because the the gold star or they're not the gold star the the north star is is a winning organization, and what Jimmy has done has not worked. So if I if I say well yep it's uh it's a it's a game by game basis I feel like in some ways I'm empowering Jimmy Haslam to can continue to do the same destructive
3: yeah, stuff that he's I, done. I don't know. I mean. Uh wait, us saying that empowers Jimmy Haslam. Well, yeah, I think I think he's already empowered.
2: Well, you, you, the twenty billion dollars would would agree with you, or whatever
3: his net worth is. I think it's less than that. Five billion. I think it's five. Oh, that's good. That's, that's a good number. That,
2: that really like. It feels like that's right. Exactly what I need. A little the, bit.
3: A little bit more than one.
2: Well, but when I say us, I don't mean you and me empower. But I think when you give into that idea of well, this is how he's acted, so it's how he will act. I, I just feel like I feel like we have far too often fallen into the same trap he's fallen in. It's so weird. I really do. For I, I don't even know why. I do like the fact that Jim Schwartz was here from like 93 to 95.
3: It's like one of the... This gives you some, some throwback vibes. Yeah,
2: I don't know why. Because like if somebody's like, yeah, I was on that uh, Chris Palmer staff. I'm not like, oh boy, we just hired a winner. Oh, you coached with Butch Davis twenty years ago? That's it. This is the guy on the staff. But for some reason, the idea that Jim Schwartz was here uh when Belichick was here when the Browns were in the playoffs, it, it adds about three percent of my excitement for Jim Schwartz here. On top of the fact that I think he's a really good defensive coordinator and oh yeah, he's won a, a DC as a or won a Super Bowl as a DC.
3: Got a great resume. Wonderful resume. Like, Wonderful Like, if,
2: if you put that on some, like, papyrus and, like, really went and took your time, really took your time in, in like, Microsoft Word, I bet you that it would be a very hard-to-top resume. Like, if you sent that into, like, a big firm and it's like, well, we've never needed a defensive coordinator before, but PNC's now got to hire this guy. I feel like that would get real corporate interest there. <laughs> so... I was trying to explain, and we we got a couple calls on this. the big question is: Should Kevin Stefanski or will Kevin Stefanski be be judged game to game next year? Because to me, that means immediately the results are winning your first four games or real things could yeah. happen. But I, I tried to explain, and did it pretty piss poorly, if we're being honest about the about the this negative this Browns negativity echo chamber, right? I think the Browns are one of the most susceptible organizations in the NFL to noise and to to the the natives being restless as as Ken and Anthony've talked about before. Yeah. And so to me it almost makes me want to like not necessarily pull back like I have real criticisms about Kevin Stefanski But I almost don't want to even engage on the idea of Kevin Stefanski that he he could, should, or will be game-to-game because I think Jimmy Haslam has to be better. At some point, I know you can't fire Jimmy Haslam. I know you can't sanction Jimmy Haslam. um, I mean, various government entities have not been able to touch Jimmy Haslam. (laughs) So, like, he's a made man. That doesn't mean we can't expect him to be better, and I almost just don't want to aid to the the negative the negativity echo chamber because I do think it matters. I do think if we're having this conversation and the answer is Kevin Stefanski should be, I absolutely that I think over 8 months that will play into the mindset of of Jimmy Haslam and and again the non-analytics, the non-football guys in that in that organization. Do you think it's already in the back of his mind? I'm sure he considered it like firing Kevin I'm sure. I, I don't care what anybody says. Jimmy can say, like, even when you even when you know you're not going to make a decision like that, or you're not ready to make that decision, right. you still have to consider it, right? Like, you you don't have to go be ready to buy a house to consider. All right, well, this is what I'm looking for. This is what would have to go right or wrong. Like, right. You know, here's the financial impact of this. This is the the kind of financial like I, I yeah. I think even when you're not ready to make a decision, you still have to consider all alternatives.
4: Let's go with Todd. 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 What's up,
2: buddy? Todd. Todd. Dustin, Todd.
3: Todd.
4: Dustin, stop it! I got a. Todd. Friend. Todd. 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 I got a friend that thinks that's so funny that she calls me and does that because she hears you say it when I call in. <laughs> I'm you're famous, Todd. Bullying you, man. You're famous. <laughs> anyway, hey Nick. as yes? Well. Yeah, you should be judged. Wait, 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 wait! Hey, Nick as well. Nick that's as well. That's what I get. He,
2: I gave well, you I the Todd, Todd, to, Todd, and that's what
4: I get back. I didn't want to just not speak to you after I, after I <laughs> made my criticism to Dustin's intentional antagonistic behavior.
3: All right, I appreciate it. Which you love secretly because now you're famous to your your, your lady friend. Not particularly. I
4: don't want to hear repeat my name? I don't want her I don't want to be talking in the same pitch that you do. So let's move forward. <laughs> let's
3: keep it moving.
4: Let's move forward. So you should absolutely be judged game, game to game. You really should be judged quarter to quarter. If all you're talking about is making an assessment of his performance, then it, at minimal it should be quarter to quarter. doesn't necessarily mean that you need to make, give him an exit card, but let's be realistic, man. This is professional sports. And I don't believe that Haslam considered firing this dude. For, for what part? You can't compare a living, breathing human being to an inanimate object like a house. <laughs> when, you, when you try, when you try, when they can make decisions that an inanimate object cannot, he got a brand new quarterback. He got the quarterback that they all agreed on to um, move forward with. He shabbil for a full year, and I'm sure hasn't thought that shabbil for a full year with this dude. And let me say this, because I don't know if everybody knows this, and heed the word, Todd. The Browns ownership and the NFL most likely thinks that the Browns fans are suckers. That don't mean that we are, but they mostly think that we're suckers we're gonna keep rooting for a bad product no matter what and and buy the apparel and everything that goes with it
2: all right Todd we got to run buddy thank you yep. for the call thanks um, Todd yeah I don't know i mean I, I i i do think there is arrogance at points i i i have perceived arrogance I don't have firsthand knowledge that there is the belief of you're gonna be there if you if you're there after uh owen 16 you're gonna be there there's a part of me that does feel like that's their, that the Browns know their value. I don't know that they think of, of people as suckers. I, I I've said a lot of things that can be maybe fair, or unfair. I don't I don't think it's that simple, Kevin. Real quick, buddy, we got about uh, 40 seconds. What you got for us? Hey,
5: how you doing, guys? Doing well, buddy. Hey, Kevin. Hey, uh, so, so I agree with you, Nick. I am not I am not a proponent of changing coaches every 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 every, every six weeks. But um, I think I think Kevin. So, the fans he needs to be judged month to month and i say that because if he does not come out within the next few months and fire himself as the offensive coordinator and give that opportunity to the the gentleman that's already on the staff put him up in the booth so he can get a good view of what's going on because the worst seat i've been on the sidelines the worst seat in the stadium and and Dustin, you know this, is on the sidelines. You can't see nothing. And the thing is, is that he's, he's made a good move with Schwartz. That's a guy that I wanted. He's, good, he, he's got a good resume, as you said. But the one thing that, that Stefanski has not proven is that he can lead a team. He has not proven that he can be a head coach of special teams, defense, and the entire you know, 53-man
2: roster. You know, Kevin, real quick, buddy, I don't know that Kevin Stefanski wants to be that. Kevin Stefanski seems to want a defensive head coach. Kevin Stefanski wants to be the head coach but have domain mostly on the offensive side of the ball. And and by the way, I, I mean, there are coaches who do that well. Sean McVay has been a guy that is thought of early in his career. Head coach of the offense, Wade Phillips was a head coach of the defense. Um, if you look at, even the way Robert Sala ran things in San Francisco, it was very much Kyle Shanahan's focus early on was I'm gonna get the offense right mm-hmm. and I'm gonna let somebody else take care of the defense. The question is how how real is that and how what like what does that mean? Does that mean Jim Schwartz is the guy that punishes guys or or you know has has um any sort of leadership in that way? Or is it just he runs those meetings and he controls the decision making behind it? I think, I think people have said, well, Kevin only wants to be the offensive head coach. You might be right, but I think there's a wide swath between the range of possibilities. <laughs> like, like in uh, Chicago, it literally was Buddy Ryan's defense. Buddy Ryan decided whether it was your ass or not if you got in trouble and you're Richard Dent, okay? That's different than he just runs defensive meetings and decides how you're going to attack the other team,
3: right? Yeah, but... Uh... <laughs> Again, this is Stefanski's first go-round as being a head coach. I don't know that he understands exactly what it takes to be a head coach. That might be fair. I don't don't
2: think a lot of guys do.